You're listening to I Have Some Notes, a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. Hey, Liam. Hey. I have a movie pitch for you. I want to make a live action Pokemon movie. Real people, CGI Pokemon. Oh, that sounds sick. Yeah, and the main character is going to be Pikachu, and he's Uh going to be a detective voiced by Deadpool. Uh, Wait, I have some notes. Welcome, everyone, to I Have Some Notes, the show where we evolve a movie to make it super effective. I'm your host, Liam Kreswick. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. I am Greg Beaver. And today we are discussing the 2019 film Detective Pikachu. I believe it's called Pokemon colon Detective Pikachu. <laughs> uh, maybe Pokemon Detective colon Pikachu. I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, but nevertheless, we are uh, joined today uh, by a wonderful guest uh, from the sketch comedy group The Debutantes and an upcoming podcast uh, recently released podcast uh, quantum kickflip uh my friend robin slack hey guys thank you for having me yeah thanks for coming on we're gonna talk about pokemons oh, i yeah. love it i am so <laughs> gonna be so far out of my depth so this is great <laughs> so you never what? really got into the pokemon craze back in the day yeah as a kid uh i re- distinctly remember pokemon cards being the first schoolyard fad that i was like because I, I think as when you're very young, like, every fad that comes along, you're like, yep, yo-yos, into it. Pogs now? Cool. Whatever. Tell me what to buy. I am I am a sheep. And Pokemon <laughs> was the first one that I was old enough to be like, nah, I don't think I'm going to go in on this one. I think I'm maybe a little too old and mature for this. And, like, was very proud of myself for, for you know, having individual taste. And then years later was like, oh, that looks sick. I, I think I missed out on something really cool. Like, <laughs> I got into Pogs and missed Pokemon. This I did this really backwards. <laughs> That's uh yeah that's that's I I had a sort of a, a similar experience uh, where I, but I was I was all in uh, on the the game uh, to the point where I kind of weirdly resented uh the 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 card kids and how much like Pokemon cards got attention in like media and stuff I'm like you guys realize this game is a masterpiece right like I don't give a <laughs> shit that's the hundred dollar Charizard hype ty beanie baby nonsense I'm like this game is is brilliant and. Uh, played through all of Red and Blue uh, on my old gray Game Boy, uh, and then uh, that I'm I'm I know a lot about the first 150 and very little about the rest of it. <laughs> you kind of uh, <laughs> fell out of the Pokemon video games. A little bit. How about, how about you guys? Uh, I have dabbled in Pokemon uh, off and on. It came out when I was a teenager, and uh, but I had a Game Boy and it was a fun Game Boy game. So I uh, did have the original game. I don't know that I ever actually completed it though. I think I put it down at some point. Um, I worked at a board game store when the card craze started, so I was kind of adjacent to the cards, but I never really played them myself, uh, but I'm very familiar with how popular it was, and, uh, yeah, I've, I've dabbled in some of the video games that have come out since, but just a little bit. I wouldn't say that I'm a huge fan, but I, I definitely have familiarity. Uh, Greg? Uh, my, I think my <laughs> first exposure to <laughs> Pokemon is, was, uh... 
uh, Smash Brothers, like on the N sixty four. Like, and I, I'm not really sure when it was. Like, I like he was kind of like a cool character on that, and I liked his lightning stuff. But I don't know uh, when I put two and two together that like he had this whole like cartoon or whatever, and like cards and whatnot. Um, and I, like I just I just wasn't really interested in that. But I was just a little bit too old for it for me. Like, I like I was on the bleeding edge of um, enjoying power rangers in a in a kid fashion uh mm. but you know that was the last that was the last kid thing that i was really really into and uh, uh i was i was off to college by the time pokemon was really like ramping up i do remember um some of my uh, college friends were really into pokemon snap though oh well we'll come come back around to pokemon snap um, <laughs> i have i have big thoughts on that uh i i, I also want to add uh, the, the, of course the cartoon the anime series and the the movies because this is by no means the first pokemon movie no um i i would have been uh 12 years old when that first one came out and i vividly remember uh going to see that movie with my friend kyle his mom took us to what i'm pretty sure was the westmount movie theater Nice. Um, but my memory's a little foggy. Uh, playing our gray Game Boys connected with the cord, like battling each other with the little cord, on the gray, uh, waiting to go into to that first that first anime movie. Uh, so uh, I I somehow have fallen into resident Pokemon expert for this episode, even though I, I would <laughs> never. <laughs> and then this movie came along, uh, based on a video game uh, as well, uh, uh, not just the the Pokemon Red, Blue, Gold, Silver, all those ones. Uh, uh, a, a recently released, uh, mostly in Japan, and then came to North America, game called Detective Pikachu. As I understand uh, it, it's pretty loosely based on Detective Pikachu, though. Uh, well, weirdly, same character name, and starts with a bunch of apoms. So, I don't know. <laughs> and Harry's his dad, who goes missing. It's like, if it, yeah. I read the Wikipedia on it. I've never played the game. <laughs> I, I was under the impression it was very loose, but uh, color me surprised. That, yeah. Yeah, right down to the very cliche name of uh, Tim Goodman uh, and his dad, Harry Goodman. Uh, <laughs> I think um, if we're going to like dig into this movie, we have to address the elephant in the room. And I, I'm i just assuming it's the elephant in the room, which is I remember when they announced this movie, there was a pretty strong fan campaign that Danny DeVito be the voice of Detective Pikachu. <laughs> uh, and it was like, it started as a meme of like, wouldn't this be a funny thing? And then it, it kind of got some steam behind it. And then they announced Ryan Reynolds. Um, and I think that's like, that's the the big one. Because I have thoughts about Deadpool being the voice, and I'm sure we'll get into that. But like, <laughs> we, we should throw it out there that yes, we are aware of that campaign. And and absolutely, Ed, Danny DeVito improves any movies, and I, I yeah. assume you guys are on board with that. <laughs> I actually, I, I had heard that as well, but I was under the impression it was like an early draft, like he was he was like the first guy on, and then they they switched it for Ryan Reynolds. So, oh, I I had heard that it was just like the fans were like, "Give us this," and they were like, "No, that's not. Why would we? <laughs> I, that's we not a bankable that, name to attach this movie to." Uh, I, but yeah, they're wrong. Ryan Reynolds that. is kind of a big deal at this juncture i i will go so far as to say and i mean we we should get into uh who's who in this movie right away but this movie is kind of star-studded in in a way that anita was actually surprised by while we were watching it she kept being like oh my god is that so and so yeah that's ken watanabe they got him for a bit part in this movie (laughs) she was legit surprised like is that bill nighy yeah (laughs) yeah robert i wasn't I wasn't correcting you. I was just like, oh, I thought he was on. I, I don't know any more than you do. on. Oh, Danny no, I, and I'm speculating as well, but I'm <laughs> I'm curious now. I'm going to look it up after the show. 
And for maybe those that don't uh, know uh, who this movie does star, uh, it of course stars Ryan Reynolds, uh, aka Deadpool, as the titular Detective Pikachu, Justice Smith as Tim Goodman, uh, Catherine Newton as Lucy Stevens, Bill Nighy as uh, Howard Clifford, the villain, and Ken Watanabe as Lieutenant Yoshida. Yeah, and this this movie, uh, honestly, I, I think it had it was way better than it had any right being. Yeah, I I was surprised that this was like I'm I'm stoked to get into it because I do have some some major thoughts about uh, how you could improve it, but like it, it I enjoyed it quite thoroughly. I think it's the bar being very low, maybe the best video game adaptation that's ever been made. <laughs> Uh, they're, hmm. they're notoriously all bad, but like <laughs> this one was solid. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I'd go as far as to say the best because I can't think of all of them off the top of my head. But it's, it would fair. definitely be like it would certainly be like top three, probably. Yeah. We were also yeah. talking about Uwe Bull before this started, so that's like a cloud <laughs> yeah. to dig through. I, I would say that I could summarize um, my feelings about my watch experience with the Pokemon. Uh, Eh, good enough, mm-hmm. right? Like it's just like yeah. it's it's not awesome. Um, it's not it, it like it's entertaining enough that it it's you know won't offend you in any particular way. You'll get <laughs> you'll your, your watch experience will be just just fine. Um, you might t- tune out a couple times, uh, but you know, generally speaking, it's all right. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun and fast paced and funny enough that it kind of makes up for its own shortcomings, and you can forgive the movie a lot because it's very charming. Yeah, I think I think had I been a kid that was into Pokemon watching this, I would have been super stoked with it. That was the thought I kept having as I was watching it: is like the movies that I was very stoked on as a kid, such as like Space Jam, to name one. That you watch as an adult and you're like, the only appeal here is nostalgia. This is not uh, like the craft here. It's it's not a well-made film. It's riding purely on nostalgia. And I was like, the kids that grow up with this and this is their like embarrassing nostalgia pick have it way better than my bullshit that I grew up on. Like, this is pretty good for a pretty bad kids movie, you know? <laughs> yeah, th- I think there's a, there's a couple things that... Uh that the movie just assumes you know about Pokemon, like the the sort of instant evolution thing where they yeah. don't really they don't really take any time to sort of like handhold you through that. It's just like that's just the thing Pokemon can do. Oh there yeah, you go. the um <laughs> That's a good point. I just took that for granted. <laughs> <laughs> they make a reference with what like in like the first or second scene when they're catching that cubo and they say something about how it like they just offhandedly are like, Yeah, you you're wearing your dead mom's skull. That's not a look anyone can pull off. And I was like, that is a wild detail to be like, as you're world building and be like, okay, so here's what Pokemon are and here's the world and here's how it works. Also, this one wears the skull of its dead mother. Just go like, I, I felt very like, really? Is that is that going to come up plot wise? And it didn't. It didn't matter at all. What a wild pull. The other thing I, th- I thought was kind of curiously yeah. funny was that um, in this world, like, I assume that, like, there are no, like, animals as we know them in this particular world. Like, the Pokemon are the animal kingdom, right? Um, I assume? I have no idea. <laughs> I'll, uh, sorry, ask your question, and then I can, I can answer that and go on a tangent. <laughs> because, because they were, they were, they, like, that would be fine, except that, like, the names of the Pokemon are sometimes, 
so um, sort of goofy that it's it's hard to sort of imagine like a scientist naming <laughs> like a like a Pokemon like a ninja star or whatever the fuck like yeah. <laughs> Greninja. <laughs> <laughs> the taxonomical. So yeah, Pokemon's one of those properties where like if you kind of weirdly poke too hard about it, uh, it like a lot of holes come up. Like like the concept of eating Pokemon is like well trotted. Um, Wait, you eat Pokemon? You don't, but also okay. don't think about it. It's not about that. And it's like, <laughs> what? Where does a che- like? Are there cows or are there those bull things? And if they're those bull things, where do cheeseburgers come from? Don't you don't have to think about any of this. Uh, and those kind of questions like are there animals or are pokemon the animal kingdom um this movie does something really really smart which is mostly just abandon all of the world building of pokemon and just take the like these weird supernatural critters with special powers and put them as the pastiche for a detective movie I appreciated that as well, that they just throw you in and they're like, as much as I felt a little out of my depth not being a huge Pokemon guy, and there was stuff where it's like, oh, clearly that's a thing that I would get if I played the games or played the cards or whatever, but like, I I would trade feeling a little out of my depth every once in a while to a laborious explanation of every aspect of the world and like an origin story of everything, like just being dropped in and being like, you get it, they're magic animals, now here's our story we're telling was like... It reminded me a little of the way Spider-Man Homecoming is just like, he's Spider-Man. We're in the middle of it. He's fighting the vulture in this one. You don't need to know all of it. Like, you've seen it before. You know what's up. Or you don't, and that's fine. I think this will make for a really interesting uh, conversation later when we get to sort of digging into the nitty-gritty of changes because, like, like that's the one thing that I wanted more out of the movie is, like, I want more world building i want to understand oh, the pokemon I can, I, here's the thing, I, what I, I let's we'll go to the trailer here but when we come back i'll tell you why you don't you, you actually okay. don't want that <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but let's let's go to the trailer first tim your dad was a legend in this precinct if you are anything like your dad i'm not i remember you wanted to be a pokemon trainer when you were young yeah, that didn't really work out. Someone there? Whoever you are, I know how to use this. Oh, jeez. Here we go. I know. You can't understand me. But put down the stapler or I will electrocute you. <laughs> Did you just talk? Whoa. Did you just understand me? Oh my god! You can understand me! Stop! I've been so lonely! They try to talk to me all the time. All they hear is Pika Pika. Uh, You can hear him, right? Pika Pika! Yeah! Pika Pika Pika, he's adorable. You're adorable. They can't understand me, kid. Can no one else hear him? I don't need a Pokemon, period. Then what about a world-class detective? Because if you want to find your pops, I'm your best bet. We're gonna do this, you and me. Tim Goodman is a bit of a loner, especially when it comes to Pokemon. He won't choose them, and they won't choose him. When Tim's estranged father goes missing and is presumed dead, his only clue to what happened is a Pokemon named Pikachu, who thinks he's a detective. Also, he can talk, and only Tim can hear him. Why? 
unclear. Together, Tim and Detective Pikachu attempt to solve the mystery of Harry Goodman's disappearance by doing very little detective work and a whole lot of having the plot explained to them. <laughs> uh, yeah, this uh, <laughs> this is very much a, a very serviceable detective story that is made interesting because there's weird magic monsters running around. Um, yeah, I, was, I guess I... Oh, go ahead. I was largely impressed with the, like... For a kid's movie, like, I, I feel like I have to couch everything with, like, for a movie intended for child Pokemon fans, but, like, yeah, largely impressed with the mystery and the, like, parceling out of information and the twists and turns up until the end when it just sort of stopped making sense for a while. Uh, that was almost verbatim Anita's uh, analysis of the movie after yeah. she watched it, <laughs> that the third act kind of left her feeling flat because things kind of fall apart there. Um, she also, there was a point in the movie where... Uh, when Tim first meets with Howard and Howard shows him like the hologram of the car crash and, and lays things out, Renita was like, well, isn't that just a little convenient that someone came along and told him everything? And I was like, yes, it is very credulous for you to believe Howard at this time, just as the main characters are. <laughs> <laughs> like she just took Bill Nighy like at his word completely and yeah. was like, well, he just gave up the whole plot. And it's like, yes, in this detective movie, that guy definitely just gave up the whole plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and that, it's not okay. the, it's not the most smartly written movie. Uh, you, Liam, you are going to tell me why I don't want any more world building though. Yeah. I, I sort of, I was thinking about this, this movie after we watched it and I really, it, there's two. There are two things that make Pokemon Pokemon, and this film, like I said, very smartly abandons one of them to make way for this detective story. Because if they tried to do all three, or they tried to like do it all, to, it would suffer. You couldn't do it all in two hours. Uh, and the, so, the, sort of my theory is the two things that make Pokemon Pokemon are like the characters themselves, like the little critters, the Pokemon. They've got stats. They've got information about them. You collect them in card form or in the game or just like you collect facts about them in their po in the pokedex they are the pokemon it's they're a list of of illustrations and stats uh and then there's also all the nonsense about wanting to be the very best like no one ever was training them going to battles to getting gym badges like the whole game is predicated like the video game is predicated on beating gym leaders to get badges it's to it, it's predicated on dog fighting yeah, essentially, it's like a this weird like na national dogfighting where kids go and like sleep in the woods. The anime is very weird. Like he, a ten year old, goes off into the woods and just like fights bugs alone for weeks on end, <laughs> like some sort of Unabomber. And so, like, <laughs> you, you, this movie abandons all of that because that's what makes the video game make sense. It kind of what makes the card game make sense. Um, this thrust of like you, the trainer, needs to battle them. Uh, and by pretty much ignoring the concept of a Pokemon trainer and having this city where it's like, oh, everybody has one Pokemon, they're your friend. They, th there's one Pokeball in this whole movie. Right at the beginning, he tries to catch the Cubone and Pokeball. We never see a Pokeball again. Right? That's All the true. Pokemon I hadn't thought of that, but yeah. They're out where we can see them because that is visually interesting. Everybody's got one to reinforce the power of friendship. And there's no dogfighting except for the one illegal dogfighting ring, because that's a whole weird world-building side plot that would derail this detective story. Which is so, Greg, that's why you don't want more <laughs> world-building, because then you need to know why there's a, a, a nurse named Joy in every city who will put your Pokemon in a healing oven <laughs> when they've taken too much damage uh, in the battles at the gym. 
I, 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 I can understand that, like, yes, the, the, sometimes the progression loop of a video game does does not make a great movie plot. I'm, I'm totally down on that. Uh, but, but even the, the Pokeballs, right? Like, just the... the well, I mean, like, the thing is, like, the, the fact that they've, they had it at all is as someone who doesn't understand Pokemon in the least, like, watching that, it's just, like, the, introducing it and showing it to me at, at all begs the question what the fuck is that, right? <laughs> like, I don't know what that is, and then we never see it again. Well, I yeah. actually kind of... Why, like why did the Pokemon go in the thing? Why did it come out? What is the purpose of the ball? Why does everybody have Pokemon friends? <laughs> what is... It? Like, it just goes on and on. Well, the <laughs> when it comes to the Pokeballs and to the battles, they're not important to this movie, as Liam kind of mm-hmm. alluded to. And they, they even kind of lampshade that on his way into the city they have the little infomercial he watches on the train which is like hey you might remember pokemon from all the pokemon battles and from all of history where they were captured and and trained but here in this city where we're going to for our movie that doesn't happen this happens instead and now we're there and that's and it's just (laughs) like okay so we quickly get established like yes we're aware of the actual lore of the story but it's not important because we're going to a place where that doesn't happen and now we're there and the movie just kind of, it rushes through it, admittedly, but it... I think it was I smart. Kind of, I think it was a smart choice. I agree. I think it was it was the right choice because then you just kind of, you tacitly acknowledge, yes, there's existing Pokemon lore, but also that's not important. You put that out of your mind. We're in this place. This is where the movie's taking place. Let's go. Yeah, but except and, they made the choice to like show you like the history of the Pokemon. Like, like that's that's the wrong choice to me. If like, if that's what you're, if you're, if you're wanting to ignore it, um, then you should have done like what you did with, uh, uh, like we mentioned Spider-Man Homecoming uh, earlier. Like they didn't mention Uncle Ben at all. That's it's true, not. Yeah. It's barely even implied. Like they, the the because the second the second that you even imply it, it begs the question. Like you know what what happened to this Uncle other ben. family yeah. member or whatever, right? And they they didn't want to have to even deal deal with it at all. And I think that's the same here, where it's just like, you know, if it, if if instead. You just start the the movie in Rhyme City, and and you get to understand the world as people are interacting with it. I think that would have been better better rather than just training people or like showing people like, oh, this is this is what Pokemon are, and they I, and they evolve and or whatever. Like they they yeah. Um, I fundamentally disagree with you, and this is the reason why. You, Greg, are not the target audience of this movie. <laughs> and, and no, that's, and that's exactly the reason why. You're coming at it from the perspective of someone who's not really familiar with Pokemon and wants to know more about Pokemon. But this movie is directed at the people who are very familiar with Pokemon. Or even tacitly. Like, and, like and you're so, essentially asking, like, how did Spider-Man in Spider-Man Homecoming get his spider-web powers? Yeah, like and no, so I'm this, I'm, ta- I'm saying that like if they if the, if their plan was to ignore it, then they did a bad job no, of ignoring I, it. And here's the reason I disagree with you is because again, you're not the target audience of this movie. They needed to acknowledge that yes, the rest of the Pokemon world is is a thing and it's over there, but we're in Rhyme City right now, and that's why they start you out with a little like attempt to capture a wild Pokemon, 
and establish that, yes, the rules of the Pokemon world still exist so that the people who are fans of Pokemon who are watching this movie are eased into the fact that we're going to <laughs> yeah. a location where the normal <laughs> rules don't apply. That <laughs> that makes sense. And that's the decision I, that they went with because, yeah. again, you're not the target audience of this film. <laughs> well, I, 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 you're 100% correct that I'm not the target of the... Yeah, the, I just don't think that's the decision that they were making. I, th- I think they were making the decision to... Sh- to go through the the brief history of, of Pokemon with the when when he's on the train and he's watching them talk about Pokemon and then of course you gotta you gotta have like the reason why Rhyme City is sort of like a haven for for Pokemon or whatever so there's there's some important plot deal de- details there but like the part of the, the part of that is for um, the parents or who might be watching the movie with their kids or whatever to like to to sort of understand what the fuck is happening with the, you know, with all these weird creatures or whatever. Like, I, I think that like, personally, I just disagree with like the, what you think is the decision-making process in there. Um, and, and you could be right. Um, or uh, the, and I'm wrong. Like I'll, I'll, I'll cop to that. <laughs> yeah. But like, that's just, that's just how I feel their decision yeah. process was going. I guess Robin, you have to settle this. You have to, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm fascinated by this because I, I feel like I err more on the side of like, no, nah, it was good. The, the balance of dropping us in versus explanation was good. But I think there, there is that thing of like, you got to think about everyone who might be in the audience and that point about like, there are going to be parents here who have zero familiarity. And I can see you're, you're essentially representing that side, that facet of the audience. Who's like, this wasn't, I wasn't given enough. Whereas I think the other three of us are like, ah, oh, we have enough of a familiarity that like we could go in, and 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 this sort of uh, brief exposition scene on the train was enough to be like, Kate, I got the deal. Um, <laughs> but it's it's fascinating to me that like I hadn't considered like, what if you were even less familiar with Pokemon than I am? That yeah, that's that's a totally fair point. That like they really don't. They they show you just enough to make you want to know more, and then they're like, but we're not going to tell you anymore. <laughs> uh, do you know? You know what the real irony here is? Is one of my notes is actually I would have loved to have seen more world building. (laughs) And 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 I'm defending the opposite opinion. (laughs) I I think it's funny because like I I think that um, sometimes what makes a really great um, children's movie, and not that this is necessarily a children's movie because it's it's kind of it's kind of made for like yeah all ages, but also like it's a nostalgia movie too, so it's a little bit different. But like you know, I, I the the thing that I find that's most uh, successful about uh, like uh, the Pixar films, for example, is like there's uh, it's a it, it's it's a story that is really relatable. So the like and you know the premise is the premise really just gets the kids hooked, and then the story is relatable and 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 it captures enough emotion that it really um, gets the 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 older audience involved too, and that's why they're they're so successful because the the audience is ma- is massive. Um, with, with, a with the Pokemon movie, it, it, it's, I'm, it's a little bit more difficult to, you know, meet those sort of criteria, um, just because it's, you know, there's, um, there's so much, uh, lore, uh, behind it. And, and the, and the lore itself is like, uh, very strange because it's stratified and comes from all different sources, like cartoons and video games and all these kinds of things. And, you know, its origins were, its origins never meant to be a movie and then they kind of had to cram it all into one. So I, I, I get the challenge that they were in. I just, I just think like, 
I think I would either have liked a lot more exposition into the world, or <laughs> I would have liked to have been just sort of just dropped in and just like just this Pokemon or animals, just deal with it. And I'd be like, cool. Uh, that's I, you know, I don't. <laughs> there are a bunch of people have pets that I can understand. I don't really need. Yeah, much they're more supernatural animals. They yeah. have superpowers. The, that's totally fair. It's the the no no middle sliders, no half measures. Like either do it or don't. But don't stick it in the middle where I have just enough questions that won't get answered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially for, with, with the if, if you've never seen a Pokeball that comes hot on the heels of he's wearing his mother's skull, it would be a very confusing first ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And I like that 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 particular scene. I didn't uh, I didn't particularly like either because, um, like I don't know it it didn't really. Did it serve much of a purpose? Like, I guess it kind of establishes that that Tim isn't a fan of of Pokemon, and, and yet knowledgeable about them because he knows a, a really esoteric piece of information about a Cubone. Yeah, and like, I, I guess I don't know. It's just there's something about Tim's relationship to to the uh, the Pokemon that just doesn't um, work for me. Um. You know, if, if there was, if there was more of a reason for him to um, not be super interested in, in the Pokemon, if it was more explicit, like ah, uh, you know, his dad was like, he was super into Pokemon, and and that's why he wanted to stay in Rhyme City, and he didn't, and he felt abandoned by that. Like I, I think that's kind of what they're implying, but uh, like I just felt like it needed to be a little bit more explicit. To be fair, this movie suffers from a lot of. Uh, not making things explicit and that would not be the only thing and certainly not the most important thing that this movie just kind of assumes that you're on board for but never actually says and therefore leaves it very unclear yeah absolutely yeah Yeah, like like you can you can see what they're going for because like you know tim tim is supposed to like not he's supposed to not like Pokemon and then he gets saddled with one, right? Because he yeah. has to work with them in order to find his father. And, uh, and you know, that, that works as, as a pitch, but just like the way it's written isn't, it doesn't it's like their interactions together are pretty like are good for the most part, but I think they would be much more punchier if, if, um, if Tim's um, frustrations with Pokemon or his angst against Pokemon were, were a little bit more developed so that you know they would they could play that that you know play that for comedy between the two of them right yeah take take more cues from who framed roger rabbit i was gonna say they're doing the classic like it's it's bob hoskins and who framed roger rabbit it's uh will smith and i robot it's anytime you have a detective or cop movie where one of the partners is like a, a non-human thing, whether that's a, a tune or a robot, or in this case, a Pokemon. There's Theodore always Rex. that thing of like, what was that? For Theodore Rex. Yeah, exactly. A dinosaur. <laughs> sure. Across Classic. the board. The the main <laughs> detective character is always like, I have a problem with this group, and then learns to appreciate that, like, ah, maybe you're not all bad. Uh, and it's like maybe a, a clumsy race metaphor sometimes. Uh, and when it's done right, I think it's pretty fun. Uh, but this one, yeah, doesn't do like Bob Hoskins lost a brother, I think, in Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and like Will Smith got uh, has survivor's guilt, and like this one is just kind of like I, don't know, I just kind of don't like him. I'm not. I, I never <laughs> got into it. Yeah, 
he kind of he kind of he kind of doesn't like it or or is uninterested in the way that I'm not interested in Pokemon. It's just like eh, they exist and that's fine. People who like them are fine. I don't. He's your audience surrogate. He's specifically there for you to feel at home in the movie. (laughs) Yeah, he's definitely the character that I related to the most. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Okay. Oh, I was just, I, I was gonna move on to a new point. I I will take a big swing. I don't think they should have cast Ryan Reynolds in this. I think that is my main note about this film. Um, I don't know if anyone else is on on this train, but uh, I actually I'm actually kind of on board with Ryan Reynolds in this role. To be honest with you, I think he did fine. I think he did a, a, as good of a job as Ryan Reynolds could do. I think he's one of those actors that has become sort of a larger persona where he is kind of Ryan Reynolds in everything he's in and I think he yeah. got one character like he, he gets one chance where it's like okay you can take this character and he's basically Ryan Reynolds going forward and he did that with Deadpool and we were all like great Deadpool is Ryan Reynolds vice versa that's all good and then it was weird to have him be like also I'm Pikachu <laughs> in this one and I'm going to do basically the same shtick was like it. I never really bought into like oh he is pikachu it always felt like this is ryan reynolds and and he's you know there's a cartoon (laughs) character standing in front of him but he i was very aware of the ryan reynolds of it all the whole time where i think someone else might have melted into that role and made me uh subsequently like care about that character's arc a little more i don't know yeah what about like a um i forget the name of the woman who voiced bobby hill but just like getting a, still having a male Pikachu, but even getting like a, a woman with a funny cartoon voice to do well, a really I, cute Pikachu would like. Yeah, I thought a lot about this because like I think the two directions you could go would be cute, uh, and and then the comedy comes from the fact that there's he's saying this like detective monologue-y, uh dark gritty stuff in a cutesy cartoon voice, or you double down on the detective thing and do the Danny DeVito that the internet wanted. Uh, or if it's not Danny, my other pick was uh, Mike from Breaking Bad. I don't know that actor's name, but the like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, you know Mike from Breaking Bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think he would have crushed this role. Um, but yeah, um, ah, it's gonna drive me nuts that I can't think of the Bobby Hill voice actor's name. But yes, um, you could go one of those two directions, and I think especially because if you're gonna keep that twist, uh, do we do spoilers? I'm I'm assuming we do spoilers. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Where Pikachu is ultimately revealed to be his father with like amnesia, uh, which is a wild thing to put into words. Now I'm just saying this apropos of nothing, but like his dad's soul is in the Pikachu. Um, and I noticed on a second watch that like every time you see a flashback or a hologram or something involving the dad, they have to hide the dad's face and like keep him in shadow or keep him facing away from the camera. To the point that that opening scene with, like, Mewtwo attacking the car is all done from Mewtwo's perspective and POV, where I think it would have been way more, like, I would have felt the stakes of it more and the danger of it more if it was from the character's POV and they're running away from this this unseen aggressor. But instead, we never get to see who's in the car getting attacked because we can't know that it's Ryan Reynolds because we'd recognize Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) Whereas if it was, like the voice actor from Bobby Hill or, or a male voice actor, whatever you're going with, you might not immediately recognize what a voice actor looks like in real life. And so you could just show their face and it wouldn't be as big of a deal. Uh, it was a weird problem that they had to deal with because of wanting to both have this twist and also have Ryan Reynolds as their Pikachu. 
Yeah, it, it, that's a yeah. pretty good point. Yeah, I, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent agree. I like. I, I'm, I'm not. I, I'm still kind of on board with Ryan Reynolds, but like, you make some uh, some pr- a pretty compelling case for why it's not a super great idea. <laughs> also, like, I know Ryan Reynolds like bankable star. That's why they put him in here. But like, is he more bankable than Pikachu himself? Like, is is Pikachu not good enough for you? Like. Pikachu is a beloved international character. Like he's, he's bigger yeah, than Jesus, you know. Like, <laughs> it's, it, it, if you if you don't have Ryan Reynolds in it, and you can probably deploy your assets um, somewhere else, right? So you could you could get a more famous more younger younger actor or something like that. Like maybe uh, Chloe Grace Moretz or, some, or something like that is 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 in that role. Uh, of yeah, the, you know the the. Uh, reporter. reporter or or even the main character you know it, there's there's other places you could you can find um some of that uh some of that star power i mean or just obviously more pokemon she doesn't have the same <laughs> yeah, yeah sure yeah for for the record pokemon is the single most uh the single most bankable ip in the world at the moment so, like, it is bigger than Hello Kitty. It is bigger than Mickey Mouse. It is bigger than Star Wars. It makes more money per annum on Earth than any other intellectual property. So saying that Pikachu is bigger than Ryan Reynolds, factual. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I also... So am... he could have been he could have been oh. voiced by <clears throat> Gilbert Gottfried, and it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> oh, and he should have. He absolutely should have. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? Robin, you're gonna say? Uh, I just, I'm the other thing that I'm not sold on. My my two big like big swings for changes were like not sold on Ryan Reynolds as the voice. I think there's maybe better uh, better fits for that that would have drawn me into the character more. I also didn't love the twist at the end of it turning out to be his dad. I realize it's a it's a detective in a mystery movie, and you want as many twists and turns as you can get. But I felt like they had a solid like by the time they do that reveal, they've already done. You know, the, like, Bill Nighy is the good guy fake out that he's actually the bad guy, and they've done the ditto thing, and they've done the, like, uh, set piece where they're on the back of the giant Pokemon. Like, there's been a few good twists and turns. I don't think we needed that final one, and I thought that it kind of cheapened the relationship between them. Like, I, I had been watching this unlikely friendship grow and watching him sort of come to terms with his father's death and, and find another relationship and, and realize that, like, oh, I can move on and I can find support in other people and whatnot. And then it felt very weird to just be like, eh, you get your dad back. it's it's He's been here all along. Um, where I felt like I was watching these this relationship grow, when it swapped him out for the dad at the end, it kind of felt like, oh, now I don't feel like I really know anything about who this character yeah. is. Because it turns out he's someone completely different than I thought he was. I don't know. The, I, I was the not trouble. Fully I think the I think that the, the reason that that occurs is because they need a reason for Pikachu to talk because yeah. they they don't <laughs> they don't want they don't want all the Pokemon to talk and and maybe that would if all, all the Pokemon did talk that would drive the fans crazy because I don't think they car- talk in the cartoon. Am I correct? That's sure fair. No. Yeah. Do not. Yeah. So he's Except got Pokemon make exactly one sound and it is their name, unless you're Meowth. Yeah, uh, but, in the anime, there's a yeah. one talking meowth, but it's not important, not relevant. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess, like I understand. Um, that is fair. Why that's, that that's they're the... making that that choice? Um, I think because I actually kind of think that the the turn works for me for the most part. 
I just think, I think that, it was, yeah, that was the one that I felt less strongly about. I was like, you could keep it or change it. I would change it, but I could see the argument for keeping it. Yeah, like I, I just, I, I just think that there's the, the ex, there was maybe there wasn't necessarily enough exploration um, between the, you know, the Pikachu character Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu. Like, wasn't enough. There wasn't enough exploration of sort of the daddy dynamic between them. Yeah, I think maybe if there was if there was an opportunity somewhere to sort of um, play with that idea, like you know they they start to have arguments and like you know Tim sort of remarks like, oh, you know, I like this is like talking to my dad, or maybe he does do that. I don't remember if he does that or not. <laughs> I don't think he does. <laughs> he does that. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, like something like that, um, you know, just so that. I mean that would do two things. It would it would it would add some extra conflict between those two characters, um, but it would it would also uh, inform us about Tim's relationship to his father a little bit more, which we really don't get too much of, really, right? Yeah. Like I I like I, I, I've seen the movie twice, and I and I still don't really fully understand like why Tim was living somewhere else. And like, didn't get on that train, man. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, that was a weird, a weird like, beat. I like, I get, I get that, like, his mom died, and like, that created some conflict to it. But like, it, like, it needed to be workshopped a little bit more so that like, that was the the conflict was clearer between them, so that the reconciliation could be uh, more uplifting at the end and more satisfying. Totally, and you hit the hell, you hit the nail on the head with like they don't have a father-son dynamic throughout the movie. You see them become friends and partners and kind of an owner-pet relationship. And that's, I think, why it felt weird to me when he shows up at the end and is just like, hey, kiddo, maybe come live with me. And I'm like, ah, that feels weird. That's like if your dog was like, you want to come stay at my apartment for a while? And you're like, I I guess? This is (laughs) weird. It was a weird choice to, like, go to that, that train scene. I guess they wanted to, like, they wanted to button it, you know, uh, button mm-hmm. it up that way, which makes a certain amount of sense. But like, like he clearly had seen who he was like quite a bit earlier, and like you would think there would have been a chance between you know the climax of the movie and like <laughs> them going, the, everything calming down, and him going, getting ready to go on a train for there to be some sort of like reconciliation where like, hey, like let's, let's why don't we? <laughs> Why don't we just stick her? I don't know. It just, it seems strange to me that there was like a big time gap between, between those yeah. two moments. I, I will say well, that the well, one place I agree with you, Robin, uh, in, in the way that it wasn't necessarily satisfying is like the, 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 the dynamic between Tim and Pikachu was fun enough with Pikachu having like talking to him and stuff like that, that it, it's almost kind of disappointing that that's not going to continue. Like yeah. Pikachu just goes back to being an animal that barely understands what's going on, and like in a way, that's it's kind of depressing. In a, a little bit, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right, if well, you're gonna uh, keep the the dad twist at the end, I think that's all the more reason to uh, cast a, an unrecognized actor, a voice actor, so that you can just show them in the flashback, show them in the holograms. We can see their face. We can relate to who they are. You don't have to keep hiding Ryan Reynolds or. I'll throw out there, keep your Ryan Reynolds voice actor, hire a different person to play the dad, and then in that final scene, just dub Ryan Reynolds' voice out of their mouth. It would be haunting (laughs) and very upsetting, but I would be so here for it. (laughs) 
Well, sounds like we've got some big changes in the works then for this one. So uh, let's hear from our sponsors and we will be right back with our fixes for Detective Pikachu. This episode of I Have Some Notes is brought to you by the Northwest Fest International Documentary Festival, running online from May 6th to May 16th. Even though Northwest Fest can't happen in the movie theater this year, they've still put together an outstanding lineup of some of the year's best docs. In fact, this year there are a whopping 40, yes, 40 feature films, plus 40 short films, that's 80, uh, available for your viewing to anyone in Alberta. This is your chance to stream some of the hottest new docs from Canada and abroad, many of which are Canadian, international, and even worldwide premieres. All access streaming passes, ticket packs, and single tickets are available now at northwestfest.ca. This episode is also brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. In Alberta, you get to choose who you buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. If you choose Park Power, you're choosing a positive local business. Plus, Park Power shares its profits with local not-for-profits who are working to make a difference for their communities. Shopping local is very important to Park Power's owner, Chris Kozowski, and we love local here at the Alberta. Alberta Podcast Network, so it's a great fit. Learn more right now at parkpower.ca. Welcome back, everyone, to I Have Some Notes. We're talking Pokemon colon Detective Pikachu, uh, and we've got some fixes for it. I want to uh, start off r- right off the bat. Uh, where do we all fall on the pro or con Ryan Reynolds? I think we, in the first half there, we we think get a get a, a different uh, voice actor. I, I think I, th- I I'm I'm willing to I'm I'm willing to sacrifice Ryan Reynolds to allow us to actually show his face during like mm-hmm. the flashbacks and things like that. Cause I, I think I think he's right that yes, like you you know you get to see his face that it helps you connect to to the character the of his father a little bit more and and build up the emotional dynamic a little bit more. I think it's a valid choice to to keep him shadowed because, you know, your your main character is disconnected from him, so we as the audience are also disconnected from him. But then they make the odd choice to, like, open the movie with a flashback of him and and (laughs) not show his perspective at all. And I think, yeah, you, you make that one tweak. Now we can be in the dad's perspective, feel a little bit of that emotion and that anxiety. You also get to save the Mewtwo reveal for later in the movie instead of opening on Mewtwo... Uh, mm-hmm. that that becomes a, a twist and a reveal <laughs> that can happen later in the film, which I think is, I assume, is exciting for Pokemon fans. I don't particularly yeah. <laughs> know the relevance of Mewtwo. I just know that he's very powerful. Yeah, it's it's funny that you would think that like uh, the in the cold open you would have uh, Mewtwo as the one that's sort of like the dark and shadowy one, and not yeah. the father. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It, it struck me even more on a second watch of like this is a weird choice. I kind of disagree and it's mainly because you can't and this is with all due respect to every voice actor in the world uh none of them are big a-list hollywood celebrities and you kind of want one of them to be your pikachu in this movie because he's kind of your title character and ryan reynolds is a huge bankable star but i think you can fix that opening scene by having it from pikachu's perspective and yeah, not from yeah, Ryan Reynolds' perspective. Because then you keep the dad as a mystery. Like, there's as much mystery surrounding who his dad was, because that's part of the theme with Tim as well, is he's getting to know his dad. So 
us kind of learning about his dad as he learns about his dad makes sense. But because Pikachu is our title character and our and one of our focal point characters, you could have done that scene from Pikachu's perspective. Like you could have even seen like from him in the car freaking out while something's chasing them and like Ryan Reynolds's hand, you still don't see his face, like shifting gears and stuff and then the explosion and the car goes off the bridge. It could have all been from Pikachu's perspective, which, if anything, might have made it a little more scary and exciting, too, right? Yeah. Yeah, threaten Pikachu's life right in the beginning. Yeah, that's a brilliant fix. That's so good. (laughs) Um, I agree with Scott now. (laughs) I'm easy. (laughs) On board. Uh, One of the ones I really wanted to see, like, I I know it's sort of wishful thinking because I'm sure they had, like, a a budget for assets and had to, like, work within that budget but I wanted more Pokemon. I wanted oh, to for see sure. more Pokemon. They reuse Growlithe a million times. They reuse the Soundwave guys from the fi- the underground fight a million times. Um, Bulbasaur would, shows up a bunch. Yeah, yeah. I would have loved to have had even like five more minutes of movie, which is just. And this is this goes back to what I said at the in the first half of the the episode where I talked about. Uh, how I do want more world building. I would have loved to have seen little, like more little vignettes as Tim and Pikachu move through the city of seeing humans and Pokemon coexisting and doing stuff together and just seeing like the magic of how this world works. I would have loved to have seen that. And, and for that matter, seen more different Pokemon as well. Cause there were a couple standouts where I was like, that that's a really deep cut Pokemon. And I've seen it like five times now. <laughs> Yeah, every time, every little bit of that world building of like, here's how this Pokemon factors it. Like this one's a DJ at the underground fight. They were all really good and really satisfying. It had a very like Flintstones, it's a living kind of a vibe to it. Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. And I would have sure. as many of those as you want to drop into the movie. I will hang out as long as as long as it's that. I will I will stick around in the theater. Yeah. I I have a this will tie back to Pokemon Snap again, but I, I want to close this out with a a I don't think this movie needs a page one rewrite, but I have a pitch for a page one rewrite. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but we'll come back to it later. I want to hear I want to hear more broad broad fixes. Well, like uh, there are yeah. there are a few things that stuck out to me uh, when I was watching this movie. First of all, there are a couple things that aren't really explained in the film that the the movie kind of hints at but never really makes explicit like why is pikachu able to talk to tim it's clearly mewtwo doing it and mewtwo is responsible for it but the movie is really vague about it and i think it needs to be more clear that that is the reason why pikachu is able to talk to tim Mm. and the reason why mewtwo needs tim in order to fix his dad is also left unclear and i i would assume it's because mewtwo can heal Harry, but only if he has like some DNA or something from a close relative. And again, it would have been real easy to just explain that and to be like, the reason why Harry is hiding in Pikachu is because Pikachu is keeping Harry alive until I can get a DNA sample from Tim. Like that, that works. That fixes that whole plot hole right there. You just need to be explicit about it. And the movie, the movie relies too much on us kind of making headcanon assumptions when it it really needed to spell a few things out yeah i had that exact same thing in my list of notes of like the the why did mewtwo need his son like yeah same assumption it's something to do with the healing process but they really need to make that explicit absolutely um my other my other big one 
the, we talked about it, like we alluded to it earlier, that the third act sort of falls apart, that you've got this really compelling mystery that they they parcel out the information well and you're learning new details along the way and it's taking twists and turns. And then we get to the end uh, and Bill Nighy sort of lays out his master plan and it's just, I am sick, so I want to evolve into a better form, which is Mewtwo. And also I want everyone else to do that too, just because. I feel like everyone should be Pokemon <laughs> just, just because I think that would be good. And so I'm going to do it. Um, and that is a wild thing to like after it, it felt so everything else was so justified and set up and like, oh, this is this way because of this. And then we get to the end and that's the, the big reason behind it all is sort of a just because. And it left me feeling very hollow. Um, it reminded me a lot of uh, whichever bad Spider-Man mid, mid-range Spider-Man movie that was in between the old good ones and the new good ones where the lizards plan is like, I'm going to use a gas to turn everyone into lizards. Just because I think that would be good if everyone was lizards. Now, uh, and I don't really have a larger reason why I want that. I just think it'd be cool. Uh, in Spider-Man's very defense, much like that. In Spider-Man's defense, that is actually the lizards' motivation from the comics as well. That's um, fair, and it is no, and, and that is the extent of his motivation too. It's just everyone. Everyone would be better if they were lizards. I'm gonna turn everyone into lizards. End of story. Like in the comics, he like I'm a lizard, and it's great. It. Why don't you want to be lizards? <laughs> Anyway, it, that that was the biggest. If I, if I could change one thing about this movie, it would be give the villain a more coherent motivation uh, for why he wants to do what he's doing. And I yeah. think they they it's in it's all there in the script. It's implicit. You could make one small change, and it would all lock in and make sense. Because they kind of uh, fake you out. They they build up the son as like, oh, the son is evil and skeezy and the dad's really nice, but watch out for that son character. Uh, Bill Nighy and I don't remember the actor who plays the son. Um, and then they do the reversal of, oh, it was actually Bill Nighy who was evil and his son was a, a relatively good guy, just kind of bumbling. Um, they could have uh, done... Chris Gear, the, They could have swapped that. Um, the son could have been presented as sort of meek and mild-mannered and the dad as, you know cold and standoffish and then it turns out that the dad is the good guy and the son is the bad guy and their their implied motivation of oh this son wants to ruin his father's legacy and he hates that his dad cares more about pokemon than he cares about him uh and has built this whole city as a monument to pokemon he wants to tear that all down because he hates that his dad loves pokemon more than him that's the real motivation for the villain um and at the end his gas plan isn't to turn everyone into Pokemon, it's just to turn Pokemon rabid and wild to prove that his dad's dream is a lie and that the city can't, you know, it's unsafe and we should go back to battling Pokemon instead of being their friends. I feel like it's a stronger theme. You have the whole, like, you, the the uh, the assumption that, you know, you can forge a partnership and a relationship with these Pokemon is tested and then ultimately proven right. You have parallels between Tim and his dad, where, mm, where yeah. Tim feels like his dad likes Pokemon better than him, and the villain also feels that way, but the villain takes it to a dark place, whereas Tim learns the lesson and is saved before he becomes a monster. I think it all fits better and is stronger, and it, it infuriates me that they didn't, that that was like the fake out reason, and the real reason was I just want people to be Pokemon because. <laughs> Do you know what else that, that yeah, fixes is, is the, the thing with the gas where the Pokemon have to be in a crazed state for people to have their souls embedded in Pokemon, just except, except when they don't. 
right? Because like <laughs> yeah. both times it happens to Pikachu, uh, he's not in a great state, right? Well, so, no, it's hmm. it's implied that uh, it, it requires Pokemon consent, but them being in a wild state kind of circumvents the consent because Pikachu allows Mewtwo to put Harry in him, whereas uh, uh, okay. for for the unwilling Pokemon, they have to be out of their out of their heads in order to uh, put a human in there. Yeah. At least that's well, so I did not. I did again, not another thing that's that not uh, again. It is another thing that is not really well explained yeah. by the movie. Yeah, I, uh, I I just I just like that the I I like that use of the gas more because it create. I think it's I think that creates a sort of much more of um, follow through with the villainy of the gas. Uh, I don't know. I just, yeah, it just, it, it seems, it seems like, cause it, it almost, <laughs> it's almost, uh, like friendly what they're doing with the gas at the end of the movie. We're like, we're just like, we're just combining people together. This is this, you know, I don't know. It just, it, it works better for me if, if, uh, if, um, that son just wants people to hate Pokemon. Well, yeah, and you and can, I think that's a great fix. You can keep Mewtwo in the plot by saying that the gas was still derived from, from Mewtwo somehow. Sure. Yeah. If you have to, if you have to keep Mewtwo around. And Bill Nighy can still want to, you know, become Mewtwo, or like that can still be a separate thing. Well, actually, no, never mind. Well, maybe I'm, it gets I'm, perverted. I'm, I'm like thing. it gets, <laughs> like, not sorry, not perverted, like not dirty, but like <laughs> Bill Nighy's trying to do this like kind of sketchy, you know, mind control thing, and his son monopolizes it as another pillar of his plan to undermine him. Yeah, that works. That that does actually work, and it it makes Bill Bill Nighy's uh, Howard still not totally altruistic like he was he was still perhaps behind a lot of the pokemon research that was co-opted by roger later on mm-hmm. yeah he's still a bad dad and kind of a weird dude but ultimately his like his dream was like that the dream city of pokemon and human living together that that was good and and noble and uh and the son is trying to undermine that yeah i think it would all be a lot stronger and now, have a lot yeah, stronger ready parallels for one, yeah. to tim and his dad <laughs> Yeah, the, the the parallel is nice there too. That uh, that fix does uh, effectively negate one of my suggested fixes for the third. <laughs> oh no! So I I will not. No, that's fine. I like your fix better, so I'm not going to bring it up. But <laughs> there is one thing that I would have liked to see more of, uh, and that is to use Tim's skills a little better because Tim is established early on as being an insurance appraiser, and he makes one co- offhanded comment later in the movie about how uh, Pikachu's uh, chicken board with all the red string is a fire hazard in the apartment. And I was like, oh, because he's an insurance appraiser. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, that should have been a useful skill in the plot. Like his, his knowledge of uh, that kind of information should have played into it somehow, maybe at the research facility. Uh, but Even he should have been able to provide a clue based on the fact that he's, he's looking at the mystery from a completely different point of view. And it would have brought his previous career kind of to the fore a little bit. Like he would have, it would have been interesting to see him contribute to the mystery in that way, in a, in a surprising way that makes Pikachu be like, Oh shoot, you actually have some really good instincts. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, kind of just really dunk good. on him for being an insurance inspector, and then <laughs> yeah. that never like he never gets a moment of redemption where he's like, "No, this is actually a valid way to spend my." They're just the the movie's thesis is that being an insurance adjuster is a waste of time and no one should do it. Yeah, but it would have uh, been especially here's the here's it the doesn't, thing, it doesn't it really also tell been, us that much about his character. Like it, yeah, but it also would have been interesting to see him apply that kind of insurance appraiser thing to a Pokemon world. Like you really shouldn't have that Charizard indoors without a smoke alarm, like stuff like that. It would have, you could have derived some humor from it too. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Sure, yeah. yeah. 
I have a very small and quick fix that uh, I can't even take credit for because it was uh, my wife pointed it out as we were watching the movie. Uh, but I, it was such a solid fix that I'm like, I need to share this on the podcast when we when we talk about it. Uh, which is just when the, uh, I, I'm so bad with character names, but the female, uh, lead female character, the reporter, Lucy. um, is introduced. She sort of oh. does the classic, uh, girl in a film noir, like she monologues a little bit and talks about how she's, she's going to get to the bottom of all of this and get the scoop. Um, and then she very quickly drops the facade and admits that she's, uh, a blog writer who writes listicles about Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lena's fix was was that reveal should be saved till her next scene. Her first scene, yeah, she just yeah. presents herself as a reporter, hard nosed reporter, gonna get the scoop, gonna get to the bottom of it. Uh, and then when we see her at the TV station later, that's when we learn that she is an intern grabbing coffees and where she is forced to admit, okay, I'm not really a reporter yet, but I want to be. Uh, mm-hmm. It would make that first scene a lot stronger and less awkward, and it would humanize her character a lot, I think. And as soon as Lena suggested it, I was like, that's so good. Why didn't they do that? Yeah, that's solid. Yeah. It also would, like, play off, like, why does this hard-boiled reporter have such a stupid partner Pokemon? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, Psyduck. <laughs> I'm glad they included Psyduck. He's a classic from the anime. Um, he's, yeah. He's also <laughs> allowed us to make a, a apropos of nothing Seinfeld reference in Pikachu trying to calm him down by saying Serenity Now, Serenity Now, which just, like... Watching this in the theater for the first time, Liam and I, we, we watched this together, and I I had a good chunk of the movie that I probably missed because I couldn't stop thinking about the fact that Seinfeld must exist in this Pokemon universe in order for Ryan Reynolds to say Serenity Now and know that that's a reference. But then that means that in this universe, Pokemon exists in Seinfeld. And then I was just, who is Jerry's partner Pokemon? And what what's Kramer doing? What crazy schemes does he have with the Pokemon? Uh, we ended up doing a whole comedy sketch about it because I was just like, I can't get over the idea <laughs> yeah. of Seinfeld, but with Pokemon in it. It's so it's such a rich vein that they left untapped. Yeah. In fact, at the end, we can uh, let's uh, let's include the the little uh, audio that you mixed. Um, I would love for that. the yeah. Seinfeld Pokemon. Yeah, we played it exactly nice. one time for a live sketch comedy show, and then it never got used again. And I was very proud of that little clip. Yeah, uh, I gotta, th- another, I gotta think that like George's thing. Pokemon is Psyduck, right? That's, that seems like <laughs> that oh, for sure. There's two questions: <laughs> is who are their who are their partner Pokemon's, but also what sort of Seinfeldian everyday observations pop up when you've got Pokemon existing in this world, right? Like, I think we had like Jerry was dating a woman. Uh, and they like went to dinner and he ordered a salad, but she had a like plant type Pokemon or a grass type. And she said that it was like uncouth to order salad yeah. in front of her grass type Pokemon. Right, yeah. And that was like <laughs> a little foible. The ghost type Pokemon watched them have sex. Uh, yeah. And it's like, hey, she's my new, my new girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was good. I was very happy that. Uh, um, I also have a little fix I want to tuck in here really, really quick. Sorry, Scott. Uh, but it's, it's a real like, we're just fix it, change it, do it better. And it doesn't need a whole lot of. Uh, belaboring, um, but I found the whole scene where they're on the they like the the ground is moving because it's a giant turtle Pokemon, but it's a forest on its back. Um, that whole scene did not make any geographical sense. Um, it, both like how the walls go up and how far away they got from the main, you know, place they were uh, infiltrating, uh, and and so my fix for that should just be like it should have just been one big one. That moves when Psyduck pops off. Uh, we, the audience, know they're on the back of a turtle, and maybe they don't. Um, 
Because, like, they reveal they're on the back of this turtle as, like, some kind of a reveal, um, but it's really just delayed explanation of why the world is collapsing around them. Uh, so, yeah, I would just not play coy with the fact that they're on the back of a giant turtle so that that scene makes sense. It doesn't really even play into the villainous plot. I think that there's a way to make it fit into the villainous plot. They should make a point that the secret research facility, no one's been able to locate on a map. And then they find out when they finally get to it. And then it turns out it's on the back of a giant Torterra. They can be like, Oh, it's because it keeps moving. Like that's that's an easy good. Yeah. (laughs) So good. Sick. Like this, this is a script that just needed like a little more polish. Like one more. It's so close. Yeah. Would have done it. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to bring up, everyone saw that uh, when he walked into Harry's apartment for the first time, he was watching the film noir movie from Home Alone, right? <laughs> which is oh, not a real really? film, which is not a real film noir movie. It is it is a bunch of clips <laughs> that they filmed specifically for Home Alone. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> what a wild choice. Yeah, uh, I thought <laughs> that was very catch. interesting. And I don't know why they made that choice. <laughs> They could have just done Maltese Falcon or something. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, like, I, I legit don't like. I get wanting to put a little bit of film noir in the movie to like, okay, like tip of the hat. But Pick why specifically movie. the fake film noir movie from Home Alone? Why that one? <laughs> don't they know. were like, okay, we we have budgeted two pop culture references. We got Seinfeld <laughs> and the fake film noir from Home Alone. Done. No more. Um. Oh God! So does I, that mean that this oh. takes place in the Home Alone world too? Oh, no. <laughs> In the same universe, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we forgot Kevin and Evie. Uh, um, so we had, uh, Robin had mentioned Pokemon Snap earlier. Um, and for those that don't know, Pokemon Snap is uh, another uh, esoteric pull from the Pokemon canon. Uh, like Detective Pikachu, it's not like the main RPG games. It's a game for the N64 where you're riding around in a cart and you have to take pictures of the Pokemon. Uh, and so, uh, well, I don't think this movie needs a page rewrite, my pitch for how they should do a Pokemon movie, uh, is thus, they should have done Pokemon Snap, and it should have been a nature mockumentary in the style of Planet Earth. <laughs> That'd be awesome, uh, actually, yeah. Because the best part of this, like I said, just they, the, 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 what makes this movie good is they ignore all the trainers and badges and gyms and do a detective story with Pokemon, and that's fine, that's good. But they could also do away with all the trainers and badges and gyms and just show us like what Scott said he wanted five more minutes of, of like little vignettes of Pokemon running around. And yeah, you do a a CGI animated fake nature documentary uh, that follows like a, this is my pitch for it. I've I've thought it out more than just David Attenborough Pokemon. Um, It's three parts. Uh, They're trying to find the three legendary bird Pokemon, Zapdos, uh, Articuno, and Moltres. So you get, like, a, 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 an, an electricity episode, a fire episode, and a water episode. Uh, you get to know a little bit about the film crew, uh, a trainer, a Pokemon professor, and then a literal film crew who out, go out into the wilds of the Kanto region. Uh, and you get different scenes like um, uh, Planet Earth, where they're, like, watching Pokemon in their natural habitats, evolving, mating, eating, whatever. Uh, you get scenes where they're trying to capture Pokemon, you get scenes where they're trying to battle other trainers they met in the wild, like in the game. Um, yeah, and it's just like, instead of having this like, oh, in in Rhyme City, everyone's got one Pokemon and they're out of Pokeballs, you just like, do what everyone wants to see, which is Pokemon running around in their natural habitat. Uh, except, when you say CGI, I think we need to do it 
CGI the way it is in this movie. So it's like real nature backgrounds, real yes. humans playing the crew, but CGI Pokemon in the actual natural environment. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, don't CGI the, the grass and stuff. <laughs> I legit want to see this, and I think you need to pitch it to someone. Yeah. Yeah, it's a solid I, I would, I would, I would watch it. I, I would take your mockumentary idea, Liam, and 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 go one step darker and sort of do like sort of the HBO documentary uh, sort of style of like following people down this dark uh, rabbit hole of this underground fighting ring with Pokemon and the plight <laughs> of the Pokemon and, and the av- and the, uh, the the activists who are trying to stop Pokemon from fighting against one another. Also very good. I would watch either of these movies. <laughs> I don't. I don't have another fix. I just have my little list of good points. Um, but mm-hmm. can we talk about how the, the the ditto the one character just turns out to be ditto at the end, and it really adds nothing. But also, I loved it. it was, oh yeah, this is fun. This is very good and fun. Uh, when she takes off the glasses and she's got stupid little ditto eyes, that was great. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. The fact that I never caught on. I'm like, why does this lady have? Pink gloves. I'm not even going to think about it too hard. Well, and it's it's really subtly hinted at because uh, early on when they're shooting the info or the the little commercial, uh, Howard has Ditto wheel him away and Ditto turns into a dude to do it. And then it's explicitly mentioned later on that that Ditto can turn into people because that Ditto is one of his genetic experiments. Yeah. Yeah. One of the rare instances in this movie where they explicitly state something that <laughs> that needed to be spelt out uh, instead of leaving it to our imaginations. Yeah, all of the it all buttoned up in the end and everything like planting and payoff. It was it was very well well done. Nice that was your that was your that. only good point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any other oh, any other good sorry good points? Uh, other good points? I I had the uh, Torterra Garden set piece as a I I really enjoyed that set piece a lot. I thought it was a very fun like we're just running and the world's collapsing and we don't know why and then it turns out we're on the back of a giant turtle. It was very whimsical, but I agree that tying it into the villain's plot makes it make so much more sense. The the like it can't find it on a map. That's great. That should absolutely be fixed. Uh, I love the Bulbasaurs. They, oh yeah, they were just of all of the Pokemon they showed us, they were the cutest ones. It was they were perfect. No notes on the Bulbasaurs. Give me more Bulbasaurs. I like the cage fight. I thought that that was like in a movie where you're you're doing this thing of like we're in a city where Pokemon aren't battled and aren't trained, but also this is the first big live action Pokemon movie, so we kind of want to see a Pokemon battle. And, like, how do you reconcile those two things of, like, it's not the story we're telling, but we do want to see it. An underground cage fight was a very fun way of doing that. I thought that was an mm-hmm. elegant solution to that problem. Yeah, especially right in Act 2. It's, it's exactly where you want that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think it was my, my little list of good points that I was just like, these these things made me happy. Keep these. <laughs> I yeah. yeah, I think that, like, all the Pokemon pretty much looked great. They the the only the only there's only ones that I didn't buy were the um, the little flower guys whatever they were that was sort of in the healing scene. Um, yeah. The only the only reason that didn't work for me is because they had Super Mario mushroom eyes like that very Nintendo square uh, narrow eye kind of thing and I was like oh, I was I was like oh, that's that's just a video game they're just video game characters it didn't it's like it kind of for one second sort of like uh, strained my credulity a little bit uh, because uh, you know the rest of the characters are animated so well and they they did a really good job of of maintaining the look of 
the uh, the Pokemon while uh, making them believable that they exist in this world alongside yeah, humans. Yeah, one, one shout out on that. Like, some Pokemon look very cartoonish, uh, and one of them that springs to mind is Gengar. And yet, in the cage fighting scene, they have a Gengar in it, and it's like, no, that looks legit. Like, that mm-hmm. is how a Gengar should look. Yeah. It somehow it bridged the upsetting, gap between... but, but in well, a good as way. as a Gengar should be, really, because it yeah. is a famous <laughs> ghost-type Pokemon. Uh, but it somehow bridged the gap between the really cartoonish look uh, in the video game and something kind of horrific and realistic that uh, a scary ghost-type Pokemon should have. Yeah, absolutely. I t- I'm Googling it again. I want to see him. Oh, yeah, he does. He looks gnarly. Yeah, that's sick. I forgot how good also, that one looks. Also, Mr. Mime is fun. Put him in every movie. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I get why they put him in there. I've always thought Mr. Mime was the stupidest Pokemon. <laughs> Which, for the it record, is exactly hit, why they made put for him in bit. this movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's, I, as soon, I'm like, he's the one that you can do the most with. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. You can get a whole scene out of him. So I yeah, they cut away from that right as he lit him on fire, on my, <laughs> like mime fire. But still, I, I assume that it impacts it him real like real him. fire would. Dark. A pretty dark scene in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I do, yeah. The Pikachu almost dies. It is, yeah. He's he's nice to look at. They do they like all the Pokemon look good, but especially Pikachu is like weirdly pleasant to look at throughout the movie. His fur looks soft and pedible. <laughs> He's who, who doesn't love Pikachu? Uh, yeah. Um, and our and so did our uh, so did our listeners. Thank you, everyone who commented on our Facebook and Twitter. Um, it's time now for listener comments. Uh, Robin uh, over at Cinematological, uh, not that Robin. We already heard what Robin thought. <laughs> this is Robin from the Blues Brothers episode last week? Uh, um, Robin from Cinematological says, "Oh my, my only note is that you have made a mistake." Now, we're unclear if he thinks it was a mistake to watch the movie or a mistake to try to fix it. Uh, what are your guys' take on that? <laughs> I, I, I read it as inherently negative, but like that's just who I am. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> Mr. Negative. So. <laughs> I opt for the second one. I kind of had the same thing when Liam approached me and was like, we're doing Detective Pikachu. And I was like, was that bad enough to fix? Like, I, I remember quite <laughs> no, enjoying our, it. Uh, honestly, our sweet spot is movies that are pretty good, but could have been better. And this is definitely like right oh, in yeah. that sweet spot. A movie right that's there. pretty good. It just needed some polish to tighten up the, and tighten up the screws a bit. It was almost there. One I, pass I away from greatness. Of, yeah. Evident in how much we've we've talked about it, right? Because there's some movies that we're just like, I don't know, don't to stop all of that. <laughs> just don't do it. <laughs> Whereas this, we're like, no, if they had just changed the one thing, they could have tightened it all. Up. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Herman from the Modern Manhood podcast says, "Good for what it is." Um, yeah, yeah. That's uh, yep. the, the, the takeaway. That's, that's more or less verbatim what I said off the top. <laughs> Tony, Tony from Flix X-Raid podcast says, I'm a massive Pokemon nerd, and this movie was tons of fun, and I really like the design of the Pokemon in this world. I also like the reveal at the end. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. One of the things I was going to say about the design we were talking about a second ago is, can you imagine being the people who are making the Sonic movie, saw this come out, saw them do one-to-one cartoon illustrations into 3D, and was like, yeah, we should do a different, we should do a 3D thing that doesn't look anything like Sonic. Like, yeah, give, give them weird teeth. Yeah. Like, if they had made want. Pikachu look more like a mouse, it would have not looked like Pikachu. It would have looked like some idiots needed to wreck something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, th- if there's one thing Roger Rabbit taught us, it's that we will buy a cartoon in the real world uh, in a way that, like, if they had 
if they had tried to make them look more real, it wouldn't have worked. Uh, because y- you get into the uncanny valley. It's this weird thing that movie producers seem to have a hang-up about now, even though it's, like you say, Roger Rabbit, uh, the original Space Jam, like, they've proved time and time again that we'll buy it, but for some reason, now, there's this weird expectation. We were talking about this the other day with the Space Jam 2 trailer came out, (laughs) and they do a weird thing where when LeBron is interacting with the Looney Tunes in 2D, he also is a 2D cartoon, and then when he goes back to being a person, they get, like, 3D animated into weird, like, 3D like Looney Tunes that don't quite look like the Looney Tunes. I was like, just just put them side by side. We'll buy it. We did in the yeah. first one. Why yeah. is this a concern that you have? <laughs> our our brains like, LeBron can, can never yeah. be next to the Looney Tunes. No one will believe it. No one will, will ever <laughs> buy that LeBron is talking to Bugs Bunny. Unless he's got, you know, depth to him. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Brandon Schatz says, surprisingly good, especially as a poor who didn't have any Pokemon or cable, uh, Pokemon money or cable as a kid, uh, so only watch the show occasionally. The Pokemon are used well, and the whole thing doesn't confuse with inside knowledge. Perfectly charming and weird. I would personally change nothing. Uh, a strange thing to say, because Greg doesn't have the insider knowledge and was very hung up on the fact he wasn't getting answers. <laughs> I need details. <laughs> Maybe it's just that you're a different kind of nerd. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, a nerd of Star Treks. I need a, I need all that little minutia. I like, <laughs> I like to I like to know how the warp engines work and all that kind of stuff. And what temperature is Earl Grey tea? Is you got to give me the exactly. details. <laughs> hot, it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Andrew Craig says, my biggest problem was they cut out Meowth and Team Rocket. Other than that, it was perfect. I mean, you can't really cut something that wasn't in the script in the first place, can you? <laughs> yeah. I, again, what like if if they had tried to keep all of the, the world building stuff, like the trainers and the gyms and Team Rocket and like rivals and stuff, the best they could have hoped for, best case scenario, would have just been to remake Pokemon, the first movie. Essentially, in live action. yeah. Um, like, it would have been maybe fun to throw like a couple more nods to some of that stuff, though. Like maybe somebody in in the background of a scene could have been like wearing a Team Rocket jersey, and it's like, oh, the Team Rocket's around, you know. I did note that uh, Harry's apartment's name was Oak. It was the Oak Apartments. I thought that was a nice little little bit of fan service there. I agree with you that little nods would have been nice. I want to commend the movie for not doing a post credit scene. Where, you know, uh, <laughs> Bill Nighy's son calls Team Rocket and is like, we have a problem. And Jesse and James are like, we're on our, we're on our way. There's trouble and make it double. And then we cut to black. <laughs> like, they didn't do the sequel setup. They didn't do the, like, obligatory, like, oh, it's part of a larger interconnected universe. They just let it be a movie. And I want to commend them for that. Yeah. 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 It's it's. It's goddamn incredible, actually. <laughs> that did kind not of. occur in 2019. How did they? How did they get licensed to just this make isn't one part movie? Of the, the Nintendo Extended Universe. They're not. You know, <laughs> the Pokemon Cinematic. Link universe. doesn't show up. He's like, I'm putting together a Smash Brothers League. <laughs> Come smash with me. Uh, Kirk Langowski says, uh, "Just what should have been two hours of scenes of Pokemon and people doing whatever." That's kind of what it was, though, wasn't it? But no, actually, that's, but that is kind of what Liam's movie pitch was. That's what I want. I want the David Attenborough's world of Pokemon. <laughs> I don't know, but like, I mean, the description's so vague that it basically describes the movie to me. That's right. 
Uh, Tack comments, replace all the Pokemon with Muppets. I haven't seen the movie. Does that solve anything? <laughs> you know, uh, I'm all for practical effects, but there are so many Pokemon in this movie, I don't know if you could have made it work. Could, could you have done one of the, like... Maybe, like, Mewtwo is a practical effect or something? Because he's or just like arguably the, the most scene where he, Pokemon. like, the lick-a-tongue on the train licks him. If they had just got a big wet puppet and licked him with a... yeah, Just the wettest puppet? Yeah. <laughs> it's time to play the music. It's time to choose who fights. <laughs> uh, Ivy Cardinal says, Best movie based on video game source material. Technically a manga based on a video game based on a card game, uh, though I can't think of a much lower bar to clear. Also, the Growlith- Growliths walk like my dog, so that's nice. <laughs> I know that dog uh, personally, and uh, yeah, that that's a fair point. That stands. Um, I, and uh, lastly, uh, Lane Anderson comments that Bulbasaur's equal perfect. They that's really right. were just yeah. the cutest part. Uh, I think we're all in agreement with that uh, statement. Well, thank you uh, uh, to uh, everyone who, who commented. Uh, you can follow us on uh, Twitter and Facebook at I Have Some Notes. Whenever we solicit comments, leave them there. We'll read them on air, and we appreciate you doing so. Um, but yeah, this has been our uh, Detective Pikachu episode. Uh, Robin, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This was a blast. Anytime. Uh, anything you would like to uh, plug or promote, aside from the, the, the Seinfeld clip we're going to play in a moment here? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I would love to uh, plug my, my own podcast, uh, Quantum Kickflip. Our, our first two episodes just dropped uh, a few days ago as you're listening to this. We, uh, we launched on April 14th. Um, launch the first two episodes on the same day so you can go and, and get a good chunk of the story there. It is an actual play podcast, uh, but we're not playing Dungeons & Dragons. We're playing a little-known tabletop role-playing game called Slug Blaster, uh, which is developed right here at Edmonton uh, by Mikey Ham and is currently uh, at, like, four times its Kickstarter goal and uh, has a pending summer 2021 release. Uh, but we got in there to play test it early. It's all about uh, teens traveling to other dimensions and getting up to interdimensional hijinks, uh, fighting monsters, battling giant slugs. Uh, and Liam is also a part of this podcast. Us and, and uh, some of our funniest pals uh, play the game and tell a awesome sci-fi comedy story uh, in a sort of serialized podcast format called Quantum Kickflip. Look it up. We're at Quantum Kickflip on all of the platform. Anywhere you could want to find us, we're there at Quantum Kickflip. Yeah, we, cool. we picked a name where we could get the same at for all like four social media platforms. <laughs> I've learned the hard way that that is a thing you should do. <laughs> Fabulous. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, excited to be a part of that and uh, I'm really looking forward for uh, people to hear it. And uh, yeah, thank you again, Robin, uh, for, for being uh, with us today. Uh, again, follow us on social media, uh, but I said that already. Scott? Uh, well, hey, Detective Pikachu had an important father-son relationship in it. If you'd like to hear about other positive male relationships, you might consider checking out fellow Alberta Podcast Network podcast, Modern Manhood. Uh, it is a great listen and well worth your time. Uh, you can check that out right now, along with all of the members of the network at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Meet us back here in two weeks. Uh, we're going to take a swing at uh, Birds of Prey. Yes. That is... <laughs> I don't know how to. Follow. I haven't seen the movie. I have no follow up. To, like, uh, until then, I'm your host Liam Kreswick. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. I'm Greg Beaver. Wash your hands. Wear a face mask. Black Lives Matter. And keep watching the sky. <laughs> <laughs>